The following sermon was preached at Tower View Baptist Church. We are a gospel-centered, relationship-driven church that exists to know, grow in, share, and serve Jesus Christ. We do all this for the glory of God. For more about us, please check out our website at www.towerviewkc.com. All right. Is this thing on? Can you hear me? Yeah, all right. All right. I thought so. I tested it. It made sure it worked. So this is also the first time we preached outside this year. The last sermon that we did outside was back in December. And my hands got really cold on that one. So this is the first time we've been outside for a while. And so I thank you for coming. I thank you for all who are here in the vehicles, all who are here that are inside, all who are here that are listening online. Um, I never thought I would be preaching to such a diverse crowd that's listening in so many different ways. And so um, I just thank you for that. And so this Palm Sunday is about when Jesus came into Jerusalem. And so when you think about that, why do people speak highly of Jesus? For liberal Christians, it's all about love. The love of Jesus for us. Love will conquer all. If we, it is our responsibility to love our fellow man. That is required. If we love others enough, we can have world peace. For those who go to prosperity churches, it's all about what Jesus can do for you. Jesus can give you confidence and strength and health and wealth if you just believe enough. But, but why do you speak highly of Jesus? Do you just speak highly of him? Or do you worship him? Do you worship him as the God of love only? Or the God of getting me things? Or do you worship him as the God of your salvation, the one and only way to eternal life. Because without him, you are nothing more than a bag of water-filled cells that will cease to exist and cease to function at some time and then decompose back into dirt. The ancient Israelites worshipped God in the centuries prior to Jesus prior to Jesus' incarnation to earth. One of the ways they worshiped him was to sing his praises. In your scriptures, Psalms 113 to 118 are sometimes called the Egyptian halal. Halal just means praise, where we get the word hallelujah, which means praise the Lord. They were sung, sung to remember how God saved Israel from Egypt. In ancient times, these songs were sung during the festival called Sukkot, the festival of booze, or Shavuot, the festival of weeks. We see those in Scripture. And also during the festival that we call Passover. What we don't know is we don't know when the Psalms were written, nor do we know who wrote them. Some scholars have just suggested that they were 
um, written during the exile in Babylon. Others think that David wrote them. And others think that Moses himself wrote them. I like to think it was Moses who wrote these, or at least written during Moses' time, maybe by one of the other priests. But we really don't know, and it really doesn't matter. But we're going to look at Psalm 118, a psalm written hundreds of years before Jesus was born, but points to Jesus nevertheless. We're going to look at today, the big idea for today is what Israel celebrated was a, what Israel celebrated was a partial fulfillment of God's plan as they knew it at the time. We can celebrate it as a complete fulfillment through Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Please stand as we read God's Word. I'm going to read Psalm 118. And so if you're in a place where you can stand up, please stand. If you can't stand up, then please stand up in your heart and at least sit up straight. Psalm 118, and I'm reading from the New American Standard today. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his loving kindness is everlasting. Oh, let Israel say, his loving kindness is everlasting. Oh, let the house of Aaron say, his loving kindness is everlasting. Oh, let those who fear the Lord say, his loving kindness is everlasting. For from my distress I called upon the Lord. The Lord answered me and set me in a large place. The Lord is for me. I will not fear. What can man do to me? The Lord is for me among those who help me. Therefore, I will look with satisfaction on those who hate me. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. All nations surrounded me. In the name of the Lord, I will surely cut them off. They surrounded me. Yes, they surrounded me. In the name of the Lord, I will surely cut them off. They surrounded me like bees. They were extinguished as a fire of thorns. In the name of the Lord, I will surely cut them off. You pushed me violently so that I was falling, but the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and song. He has become my salvation. The sound of joyful shouting and salvation is in the tents of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. The right hand of the Lord is exalted. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. I will not die but live and tell of the works of the Lord. The Lord has disciplined me severely, but he has not given me over to death. Open to me the gates of righteousness. I shall enter through them. I shall give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord. The righteous will enter it. I, will, I shall give thanks to you, for you have answered me, and you have become my salvation. The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day which the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. O Lord, do save, we beseech you. O Lord, we beseech you, do send prosperity. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. We have blessed you from the house of the Lord. The Lord is God, and he has given us light. Bind the festival sacrifice with cords to the horns of the altar. You are my God, and I give thanks to you. You are my God, I extol you. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his loving kindness is everlasting. 
God, we thank you for these scriptures. Help us as we look through them and talk about them for the next few minutes that your name may be glorified. And we pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. You may be seated. As I said, I'm reading from the New American Standard because I like how it translates one of the Hebrew words in here. It's hesed. Not a word that we use often. In the New American Standard, it's translated loving kindness. Other translations, you might see it translated as two words, as steadfast love or faithful love. They're not wrong. It's just another way to translate it. Hesed is a, meaning, is a word with a large meaning. It's much like agape in the New Testament. So loving kindness, steadfast love, faithful love, all re represent a portion of what the, the range of meaning that this word has. Hesed is used throughout the Psalms. And it's used five times alone in Psalm 118. So as you're reading this, think about how big, when it says loving kindness, when it says faithful love, steadfast love, don't just gloss over that. That is God's enduring, eternal love that he has for us, the sacrificial love that he has for us. And it's in the Old Testament. God has not changed from the Old Testament to the New. We talk about agape a lot. And churches call themselves agape. And there's nothing wrong with that. But hesed is also just as valid. And so as we're reading through this, and you read about the loving kindness of God, Realize the range of meaning that that has and the importance of that word. This psalm begins with outright praise to Yahweh. Your translations probably say the Lord, and the Lord is, the word Lord is in all caps. And behind that is the word Yahweh, Jehovah. God loves is everlasting. This psalm, the psalmist prompts different groups of people to sing praises to God. Look at the first few verses. First, he calls out to Israel to praise, to, to, to praise God, all the physical descendants of Abraham. Then he says to the house of Aaron. Aaron was the brother of Moses. They were both of the tribe of Levi, but the descendants of Aaron are the priests. They're the only ones that could be the priests, were the descendants of Aaron. So the priestly leaders were called to praise God. And thirdly, those who fear the Lord. That's anyone and everyone who reveres God no matter where they are from or who their parents are. Gentile worshipers can join in the celebration too. So here, the psalmist calls us all to praise God, any of everybody who fears the Lord. But as you go through this psalm, it's not all just happy. In verse 5, the psalmist calls out to God even though he is distressed. God put him, numerical American Standard says, in a large place. Some others may say freed him. But if you're in a large place, you're not in a cage. You are free. For those here at church, just look around. We got the property here at church. We got the, the, the land behind the church that the city owns. You're out there, you're free. You're in a free place. And God has set you free. You're not a captive. 
And as the psalm continues, he compares God's help to man's help. But you know what? No matter how important, how rich, or how powerful a man is, it still doesn't compare to God. Think about the largest things you have seen on earth. It could be a mountain, a skyscraper, some bridges, the oceans, these two towers that are behind the church here. But how, what do they look like from the moon? What does a mountain look like from the moon? It might as well be an ant mound because it's nothing. That's a little way comparing our strength that we have to God. When we compare our power and riches, all that humanity has to offer, it's nothing compared to the vast omnipotence of God. Yet how often do you rely on your own strength rather than God? How often do you seek man's wisdom instead of searching for God in his wisdom? God is eternal. People die. God is powerful. People get sick. God is faithful. People forget. Jesus said, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. In verses 10 to 16. The psalmist extols the faithfulness of God and how God has protected him. It's not that you will never face opposition when you follow God, but that you will persevere to the end when you follow God. Because God is your strength in song, in verse 14. Sing songs to God. We do that in worship, don't we? Sing songs with your brothers and sisters in Christ. Sing songs of praise. Sing songs of lament. Sing songs when you're at church with your brothers and sisters in Christ. Sing songs with your family when you're at home. Sing songs when you are alone. Singing is good for the soul, so sing when you're down and depressed. Sing when you're angry. Sing when you're glad. Don't stop singing. Sing to God continually. No matter how good or bad your voice is, sing. Darren mentioned last week that I sing. I sometimes do that. I don't do it every day. I just get a hymnal out and I just start singing. Not very well, but it's okay. I'm by myself. Unless Darren walks in on me. But that's okay. I heard, I heard the door being, so it was okay. I just kept on singing. Because sometimes I need to do that. You just sing. Continuing on with the scripture. What is your outlook on God when bad things happen to you? In verse 18, the psalmist looked at it in the positive light. God is disciplining you to sanctify you, to build you up. God is not punishing you, even if you deserve it. And we all deserve it. But you do not deserve God's grace and mercy that he gives us. It's like a a loving parent molding and shaping his child. In verse 17, you will live and proclaim the works of God to others because you are disciplined. 
Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. Shepherds guide and lead their sheep. You are being guided and led by Jesus, by God the Father. And verses 19 and 20 are the gates into the temple, the house of the Lord that must be opened by the priests. But here they seem to represent more than just the temple. The Old Testament doesn't speak of heaven the way the New Testament does. But this seems to be a picture of it. Do you rejoice in salvation brought by the Messiah, Jesus Christ? Now on this Palm Sunday, we get to the main course of this chapter. In verse 22, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This verse is quoted in Matthew, it's quoted in Mark, in Luke, in Acts, in Ephesians, in 1 Peter. In the three Gospels, Jesus quotes this verse in Matthew, Mark, and Luke after telling the parable concerning the unrighteous vineyard managers. And he's equating the vineyard managers to the scribes and priests of Jesus' day. Jesus was the cornerstone that was being rejected by the spiritual leaders of Israel. Peter uses this verse in Acts 4 and in 1 Peter, in Acts, yeah, in Acts chapter 4 and in 1 Peter chapter 2, to highlight how unbelievers will reject Jesus. Paul, in, the, in Ephesians chapter 2, calls the, Jesus the cornerstone of your faith. But what did this cornerstone refer to when it was written? We don't know for sure, but it was probably Israel itself. Israel was rejected by all the unbelieving Gentile nations. God made the nation of Israel his cornerstone for salvation by revealing himself to Moses and to the prophets through time and instituting worship around the tabernacle and later the temple. But when the Messiah came, faith in the laws of Israel were no longer the path to salvation. Salvation came through the Messiah, Jesus of Nazareth only. Jesus came to be the one and only sacrifice, once for all time. The temple and the repeated animal sacrifices were no longer required. Faith in Jesus is now the only requirement for salvation. Verse 23, actually, I'm going to start reading verse 22 again. The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day which the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. O Lord, do save, we beseech you. O Lord, we beseech you and do send prosperity. This is the reaction of the psalmist to God's salvation, to rejoice this is why the disciples and the others were rejoicing on that first Palm Sunday. God's salvation was riding into Jerusalem as predicted in Zechariah that Pastor Darren read during the call to worship. It was quoted again in Matthew when Jesus came into Jerusalem, the scripture that Lane read. And, the, and so they're rejoicing. And we write, these are such rejoiceful things. We wrote songs about this. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. 
But in the midst of these verses, in verse 25, there is a plea, an urgent plea for help and for success or prosperity, depending on your translation. You are to turn to God no matter your circumstances, even in the best of times. You are to turn to God. This plea for success or prosperity is not a selfish prayer for personal wealth or power, but a prayer for God's will to succeed through us. It's a prayer like, God, please help Tower View shine your light into this neighborhood surrounding the church. Lord, help me to share the gospel with others. Lord, help me to be faithful as I teach your word to other, to other saints here at Tower View. Lord, help me to be a godly father, a husband, an employee, a neighbor. It's a plea for God's will, not your own. Verse 25, it says, Oh God, do save, we beseech you. Oh God, we beseech you, do send prosperity. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. We have blessed you from the house of the Lord. The word there, it says, do save or save us. In Hebrew, sounds like Hosanna. That's where the word Hosanna comes from. It comes from this very verse. When the, when the psalmist says, save us, please God, save us, Hosanna. By the time the New Testament became, this became a praise. And we see that in Matthew 21 that Lane wrote, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Verse 26 is quoted in all four Gospels when describing what the, peop how the, what the people said as Jesus entered Jerusalem. Jesus quoted this verse also in Matthew and in Luke when he laments over Jerusalem. It says, he said, God wants to gather the Jerusalem in as a mother hen gathers her chicks. But he knows that Jerusalem will reject him. And he quotes this verse. Because Jesus is the only way to salvation. Why did the crowd in Jesus' day know these words so well? As I said earlier, Psalm 118 was one of the psalms that was sung or recited during the Festival of Booths, the Festival of Weeks, and during Passover. Palm Sunday is on the first day of Passover, early in Passover. They would have just sung this song as part of their celebration. These verses are a part of Israelite worship, and thus they were well known, and they understood the messianic implications of this verse, of these verses. The crowds praised Jesus as he came into Jerusalem on a donkey but they rejected him just a few days later. Why? Because he did not lead a revolt against the Romans, but demanded a repentant heart from the Israelites. So they turned on him and demanded his death. But the psalmist did not turn on God. In verse 27, he understood the Lord is God. He has given us light. 
bind the festi festival sacrifice with cords to the horns of the altar. Jesus said twice in the Gospel of John, I am the light of the world. Yet God inspired the psalmist to write that about God's light hundreds of years before Jesus shone it. And the second half of this verse alludes to the Jesus' sacrifice on the cross by celebrating the sacrifice. Israel had many sacrifices every year, but Jesus' sacrifice would be the final sacrifice needed. And finally, the psalmist returns to praising God in the final two verses of this psalm. 28, you are my God, I give thanks to you. You are my God, I extol you. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his loving kindness is everlasting. The psalmist ends as he began, praising God. This psalm, Psalm 118, is the most quoted scripture in the New Testament. The messianic implications were well understood, and the new believers could read it, they could quote it, and they could sing these words about Jesus to the glory of God. Now that we've read and explained this psalm, let me read it again so that we can glorify God as the crowds did when Jesus entered Jerusalem all those years ago. The disciples rejoiced so much that the Pharisees wanted Jesus to rebuke them and silence them. Jesus refused them. And he told them this, this if these worshipers were to become silent, the stones would cry out. Let us praise God so the stones don't have to. For a long, for follow along as I read Psalm 118 again. This will be our conclusion, and it'll be our concluding prayer. After I'm done, Pastor Craig and crew will, will lead us into a final song. Psalm 118. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his loving kindness is everlasting. Oh, let Israel say, his loving kindness is everlasting. Oh, let the house of Aaron say, his loving kindness is everlasting. Oh, let all those who fear the Lord say, his loving kindness is everlasting. From my distress, I called upon the Lord. The Lord answered me and set me in a large place. The Lord is for me. I will not fear. What can man do to me? The Lord is for me among those who help me. Therefore, I will look with satisfaction on those who hate me. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. All the nations surrounded me. In the name of the Lord, I will surely cut them off. They surrounded me. Yes, they surrounded me. In the name of the Lord, I will surely cut them off. They surrounded me like bees. They were extinguished as fire of thorns. In the name of the Lord, I will surely cut them off. You pushed me violently so that I was falling, but the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. The sound of joyful shouting and salvation is in the tents of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. The right hand of the Lord is exalted. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. I will not die, but live, 
and tell of the works of the Lord. The Lord has disciplined me severely, but he has not given me over to death. Open to me the gates of righteousness, and I shall enter through them. I shall give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord. The righteous will enter through it. I will give thanks to you, for you have answered me, and you have become my salvation. The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Oh, Lord, you save. We beseech you. Oh, Lord, we beseech you. Send prosperity. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. We, are, we have blessed you from the house of the Lord. The Lord is God, and he has given us light. Bind the festival sacrifice with cords to the horns of the altar. You are my God, and I will give thanks to you. You are my God. I extol you. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his loving kindness is everlasting. Amen and amen. Pastor Craig.